Hi, I'm Amber Cook. Welcome to my podcast, The Dragonfly Connection. Join me every week for open, honest, and real conversations about courage, transformation, and resilience to inspire and empower you to live your best life. This podcast is sponsored by HealingWays.com, helping you on your wellness journey. Visit HealingWays, that's Healing, W-A-Z-E dot com to find verified wellness professionals and holistic health resources. My guest Rachel West said something during our conversation that I know will resonate with many of you listening. She said, the number one person we lie to the most is ourselves. So just be honest with yourself. Sounds easy, right? But for many people, it's not. And even I have gone through times in my life where I've told myself lies. Lies to stay in relationships, whether friends, romantic, or even family. Lies about some of my choices that are bad for my health. One more cupcake is going to hurt, right? You know what I'm saying. I've told myself and others that I'm okay when I was very much not okay. And I'm not a psychologist, a counselor, or even a life coach yet. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. I don't know why we do this, but I bet it's some kind of avoidance technique. It's a way of not having to look at the stuff outside of our comfort zone. But that's exactly how we move forward, heal, and live happy, fulfilling, successful lives. We must face our shit, learn self-awareness, and step out of our comfort zones. And that's what Rachel and I are talking about today. Rachel is a personal growth coach, breakthrough expert, speaker, and author of The Successful Woman's Mindset, Unlock the Secrets of Success, Activate Your Power. Rachel grew up surrounded by people with addiction and mental illness and her own diagnosis of a learning disability, which really held her back in life. But once she learned how to shed that label and the fear of others' judgment, she discovered her life's purpose, and now she's doing what she loves, helping others live more fulfilling, authentic lives. It all starts with choosing change over comfort. Settle in and enjoy the conversation. And after listening, check out the show notes for more ways to connect with Rachel, including a link for her book. So thanks for being here today with me, Rachel. I am really excited to chat with you for several reasons. One, you are listed in the Healing Ways directory, and I've never actually met you. So this is pretty cool that I get to meet you with everybody else. (laughs) So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I like to now start off the podcast with some icebreaker type questions so I can get to know you a little bit more and just to kind of help my listeners feel a little bit more connected with you. Are you cool with that? I'm cool with that. Okay, awesome. So where did you grow up? I grew up in the Midwest. So I was born in Virginia, uh, Virginia Beach. My dad was in the Navy. So um, when I was two years old, he was um, released or whatever you call it. Mm -hmm. And so then we moved back to the Midwest where my family's from in Northern Illinois, Chicago area. And I lived there pretty much my entire life. I moved to Las Vegas uh, almost seven years ago now. Oh, okay. Nice. So I love it here. Do you? Okay. I do. I get mixed reviews, you know, from talking to people, but I think that's the case no matter where you're at, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you love about living in the Vegas area? Um, well, coming from Chicago area, I love that there's no snow here. Yes. And I will take the heat over the cold any day. Mm-hmm. Um, you could, you know, jump in a pool, but you can only put so much clothes on and you're still cold. Right. <laughs> I agree. 100%. We are actually trying to get away from cold weather as well. I'm from Alaska. And then now I'm in the Pacific Northwest. I sometimes envy those of you in the drier states. 
for sure. Uh, have you yeah. gotten, have you ever had a chance to go back to Virginia Beach? I have not. I would Ooh, like to. I yes. Would like to. Yeah. I got to spend some time there and, and I love it. You need, you need to go back to where it That's all started. That's what I hear. You're a mom, so you have a four-year-old. So this question yep. might just make you laugh. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite hobby? My background is um, graphic design, and so oh, okay. I, I have very creative side. So yeah. my hobbies are like coloring, outdoor photography. Um, I like doing jigsaw puzzles. Mm, me too. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. So do you get a chance to let your creative side out often, often enough? I do. I do. It, I mean, nice. growing a, a business as a solo entrepreneur mm-hmm. is is work in itself and uh, a four-year-old's a work in itself. And, (laughs) you know, I've been able to tie them in with her. You know, I go and buy a coloring book for her and for me. And then we have color dates and, um, you know, we'll go to the park and I'll take pictures of her or just scenery or things like that. So Mm -hmm. they all, they all kind of coincide together. So Mm -hmm. that is nice. That's nice that you're, you're letting that side out and spending time with your daughter still getting to work on your business. When you were little, what did you want to do when you grew up? I wanted to be a teacher. Oh, okay. Yes. So when I was little, I wanted to be a teacher. And my daughter pointed out that a coach is basically a teacher. (laughs) I guess it all worked out. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I agree with your daughter. She took the words right out of my mouth. You know, as a child, you couldn't envision, especially what a coach was. Yeah, I didn't think it existed, no matter how old you are right now. Like, I don't think it was something that existed much yeah. when you were younger. Um, so that's awesome. So you are yeah. living your purpose. And that's kind of what I we're know. talking about. So that is exciting. I wanted to first, so first of all, I want to thank you for the post that you posted today in your Facebook group, the Growing You Forum. It made, it like made this opening so easy for me, for the deep dive conversation piece of of what we're going to talk about. Um, you said, behind every strong person is a story that gave you no other choice. Yes. And I want, I want to know what your story is. And more specifically, the series of events that set you on the path to discovering your purpose mm-hmm. and just living, you know, a more complete, joyful life. So <laughs> let's get in. Yes, so, dive in. So I live my life before this life, meaning my coaching life, just living in the norm. I lived inside my box and I was just going through the motions of living. I wasn't really living. So what does that mean? I did what my parents said to do, what society said to do. You know, you go to high school. Once you're done with high school, you decide what you want to do when you grow up and you choose a career. And when I first got out of high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. So I just decided to go to community college and take some gen ed classes and, and kind of figure it out. Looking back at it, at that time, because I didn't have a goal or an end result in mind and I was just going to go for the sake of going 
Um, and the reason I decided to go was because that's what you do when you graduate high school. You got to go to college. So I don't know what I want to do. So I'm just going to go because that's what you do. <laughs> and so I'm do- taking gen ed classes. I'm skipping. I'm not doing my homework. I'm not getting good grades. And I end up just dropping out because, you know, why pay the money if I'm not going to put in the work? Why mm-hmm. didn't I put in the work? Because my friends were going to college and I didn't want to be doing homework. I would rather be playing, you know, doing whatever they're doing, hanging out, driving around town, whatever you do as a teenager. Mm -hmm. And then one day I was driving home from work. I had two jobs. One was full-time job. One was a part-time job, minimum wage-ish. And it just kind of smacked me in the face. Like, man, this sucks. (laughs) I don't want to be I don't want to live this life. I don't want to work two minimum wage, wage jobs for the rest of my life. This, mm-hmm. this is not the path I want to go down. So that really gave me the motivation to decide, okay, get it together. What do you really want to do? So I decided graphic design. That was my path. I had, you know, took in some Photoshop classes in high school and I was good at it. I was like, okay, that's going to be my path. So then I enrolled into a tech school that was in town. At that moment, I made a promise to myself that this time around in school, I was going to put in the effort, put in the work. And I promised myself that I was going to get straight A's. Now I didn't end up getting straight A's. However, I put the effort in and I put the work in and I gave it my all. So I was proud of that. And I made honors. Mm -hmm. So That told me, looking back now, at this time, I had no idea. But having the first time around in college when I didn't know what I wanted to do, I didn't have that end goal in mind, compared to the second time when I had that end goal and I made that commitment and I put in the effort, how big a difference the end result was. I graduated. Mm -hmm. I got an internship. I worked at the internship for eight months. And then I decided to move to Las Vegas. I was applying for all of these graphic design jobs. I kept getting the same response. I, everybody really liked me. Um, They liked my resume, my background, all that fun stuff. But I always got the same answer. And that was, we're going to go with somebody who has more experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just got so frustrated with hearing that over and over. And I was working at a coffee shop and there was another girl that worked there who was also a graphic designer. And she joked about us starting our own business together. Well, I took her serious because at that point I was frustrated. Like, well, if nobody's going to hire me, nobody's going to give me that chance to get the experience. Then I'll start my own business and I'll hire myself. Nice. So that's what I did. Um, I had the business for four years and that is what led me into NLP. I say I stumbled on the path that I thought was my path. Um, (laughs) So I thought this was going to be my life and, you know, I want, I wanted to grow it to be this big, you know, successful business. And I stumbled into NLP, neuro linguistic programming. And real quick, for those of you who might not know what that is, it is a deeper study of psychology. It's the science of how your brain processes information through your five senses, the science of how you communicate with yourself and others, and the science of your internal programming. So that's basically your behaviors, your attitude, your perceptions, your beliefs in life. 
uh, my business partner said, hey, there's this boot camp coming to town. They're uh, talking about NLP. I think we should go. I think it'll help our business. So I went because she was my partner and she mm-hmm. suggested it and I trusted her. And so we decided to study it together for the communication side to learn how people communicate and how they process information to then be able to turn around and write marketing messages to reach them on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. So we end up going all the way through the program, getting our master's practitioner certification, trainer certification. And through that process, I discovered that I no longer wanted to have the graphic design agency and that I wanted to start coaching. So this was October 2019. Um, I took two weeks after this discovery to build up the courage to talk with my partner. And luckily, she's an amazing partner. And she was going through this training with me and fully understood. So I was like, hey, I'm going to give you three, three months, I'll sign everything over to you, finish up any existing projects, and then I will start my coaching business. So that's what I did. I decided to start personal growth coaching, focusing on mindset and mental health. Backstory there is a lot of my family members struggled and do struggle with addictions. Mm -hmm. So I was that family member witnessing drug abuse, alcohol abuse, gambling abuse, uh, self-harm abuse. I really wanted to to help people discover the root cause as to what's holding them back and preventing them from moving forward. When I tell people the story that I jumped from graphic design to coaching and they're like, oh my gosh, you're so brave. You did it so fast. Why would you give up that and go to this? And a backstory of that. Through this NLP journey, I discovered that I was just going through the motions of life. I wasn't mm. living. So I just picked graphic design because I needed to pick something and I was good at it. So that's what I did. Even though I thought that that's what I wanted to do, I, there was so, something so much bigger out there for me to do. And then I realized that I was sabotaging this graphic design business to not work because it wasn't really what I wanted to do. I was, you know, wearing all the hats as an entrepreneur, doing all the things that you do to grow your business. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I just couldn't get it to grow how I wanted it to grow. Discovering that it was um, self-sabotage because it wasn't really what I was truly aligned with. Second reason is I had this unknown limiting belief that I didn't know I had. So a limiting belief or a limiting decision is something that we create at some point in our life that limits us and holds us back. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was based around money. So when I was little, I would overhear my parents arguing about money, finances. It's the number one problem in families Mm -hmm. is finances. As a kid, you overhear your parents arguing about money. I created this belief that money was bad because it causes fighting, it causes arguing. Fast forward, you're an adult, you're working so hard to grow this business. And at the end of the day, it's not working. And for me, it was because I had that forgotten, unknown belief that money was bad. So any money that I was making, I was getting rid of it as quickly as possible to not have any money (laughs) fulfill that belief that money is bad and causes fighting. Or like, you know, money is bad because it hurts other people or money is, is bad because it 
makes you lose people in your life. Right? I mean, there's, yeah. I've heard all these things and, and I can, I can relate because my parents, they did okay for themselves, but it was always, there was never enough, right? That's another common one. I'm sure that you yeah. talk with your clients about is there's never enough. There's never enough, even though there really is. This is awesome that you discovered that about yourself. Did you discover that through the NLP training or did you have a mentor? I did. It was through the NLP training. We did like a day long breakthrough session, just digging deep. When I say day long, 11 hours. And you just really dig deep to, to discover your internal um, values, what's important to you in life. You working on your family history, you know, how does that relate to today as an adult? How did certain events or experiences create an impact on you that may be limiting you? Working on negative emotions, so your relationship with your emotions, anger, sadness, fear, hurt, guilt, and just the next morning, I woke up and knew that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'll, I could tell you the moment I was working with my partner. And this is what I told her, I had been repeating this pattern over and over. And the pattern was, I would wait till I hit my rock bottom, crash and burn, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like to me or looks like for you, then I would use that as motivation to push off of to do what I wanted to do. So for instance, that one day driving home from work and realizing, hey, this isn't the life I want to live. That was a rock bottom for me. It gave me that motivation to say, hey, I need to get it together and I need to go back to school and figure it out. Mm -hmm. So I was working with her and I was telling her this. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can feel it. This, I could feel it in my whole body that this rock bottom is coming again. And I'm so excited because then I get to do it. Wait, did I just say that out loud? (laughs) (laughs) Did I just say I'm waiting for my rock bottom, this crash and burn to happen (laughs) again so I can do what I want to do? And that, that was it. That was the moment, like the light bulb, like why wait? That's why it was so easy for me to transition from the graphic design business to coaching, because I'm like, I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to wait for this crash and burn to happen. I'm just going to do it now because that's what I want to do. Yeah, good for you. So what made you know to listen to that, to that inner knowing, knowing that inner voice? Did, is that something that you've always been able to tune into and listen? Or is this also from your training to become a coach? I, I think it's through my training, honestly, Mm -hmm. because the training that I took is very intensive. There's five different levels. So you take the NLP practitioner level, and then you take the timeline therapy level. Timeline therapy is um, a technique. It goes hand in hand with um, NLP. It's basically working with your unconscious mind to discover that root by use of imagination. The way that I explain it is, Once your brain is formed in the womb, it starts storing memories. So it's like a filing cabinet. It stores all of your memories or brain files in there. The timeline therapy allows you to go back and dig through those memories and pull out the one you want to work on, the one that you forgot was there, the one that you didn't even know existed. Yeah, I bet that's so powerful. It is. It's amazing. Yeah. And so then then you, you go through those and then you do the master uh, practitioner level of NLP and then the master practitioner of timeline therapy and then the trainers. So nice. it, it's kind of building. 
it's kind of like you need to learn this before you could do this. And so you're learning to listen to your intuition more. You're listening to your unconscious more, which is basically your intuition. So we have the conscious mind and the unconscious mind. The conscious mind thinks it runs our life, but really only runs 10%, where it's Mm -hmm. the unconscious mind that runs 90%. And it's the things that we're not aware of. So like we're sitting in the chair, our feet are on the floor. It's, you know, our backs on the back of the chair. It's like those things that are automatic and we just don't think about Mm -hmm. until you're made aware of it. Yeah. So it's like you've been programmed your entire life to most people don't listen to that intuition. They don't trust themselves enough to, to pay attention to that. So they teach us, you know, the difference between the conscious and the unconscious, and they teach us to start listening to our unconscious. And so once you start doing that, it's like, ah, you know, it's like <laughs> you're, you're finally listening here. Do you want to hear this? Hey, do you want to hear this? Do you, and it starts just like exploding with all these different things that it wants to tell you that you never listened to. It was telling you, but you just like, eh, is that really true? You know, you kept, you second guess yourself or, yeah. you, you know, things like that come into play. I think that's pretty common. Yeah. Beautiful. So did you, before you took this training, had you done much other types of therapy on your own throughout your life? I had done no therapy. So just kind of growing up with having these um, addictions around me, Mm -hmm. luckily I never had one myself, but I had this gift, I call it now, um, to see the good in them. And see them outside of this addiction or this outlet that they were turning to. Mm -hmm. So I almost like would hold them on this pedestal of, you know, oh my gosh, if you would just get rid of X, whatever you're doing, then you could be this. And I would hold on the hope, you know, I was in a relationship for four years with an alcoholic, because I would just be like, Oh, my gosh, if he would just give it up, this is what he would be. This is what our life would be. This is what our relationship would look like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, it just smacked me in the face one day. It's like, I can't want it more than he wants that wants it, he has to want it more. And at that point, I thought, you know, he wasn't ever going to give it up. It's like in order for you to move forward, in order for you to be this vision I have, you need to give it up 100% for the rest of your life. And he thought he could control it or only drink sometimes or here and there or whenever he wanted. And he couldn't because it didn't work out. Yeah. So I knew then, and this was before I had started anything, that it really was much deeper than just the alcohol. It was like some trauma or something. I didn't know the whole thing because he never talked about it, Mm -hmm. but he would mention certain things that you would just kind of put together over time um, with just worth, I think, and and wanting to be good enough for his family. Yet he would never talk to him, talk Mm -hmm. to them about it. It's like, well, if he's never going to talk to his family about these issues he's having with them, then the alcohol is never going to go away because he's using that to suppress or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It was easy for me to walk away when I had that realization. Now, fast forward in my coaching, it's a great gift because I see the good in them and I'm helping them to see the good in them. 
Yes. And in a healthy way and not, uh, you know, because now you've had the education and the background to know more about why people do the things they do, why it manifests in certain ways. But it sounds like it kind of comes natural to you also. So even if you didn't think that you were listening to your intuition, it sounds like you you knew how to do that well before NLP. You know, in that relationship, you knew that it was time to go that's not easy for a lot of people. And I'm sure it wasn't easy, but as you know, now that you help other people with all kinds of different life challenges, Mm -hmm. you know that there's a lot of people that stay in bad situations for a long, long, long time, if not forever sometimes. Um, So it's awesome that you just, you knew it was time to go. Like, how was that time of your life leaving that relationship? It was it was difficult. So it was kind of like an on off relationship. We would be together, we would break up for a certain period of time, and then we'd get back together. And it was just kind of that moment. It's again, smacked me in the face. Yeah, with this realization that and it was hard it, thing that was easy for me to walk away from it is because I had kept trying. You know, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Okay. I'll only drink on the weekends. Okay. I won't drink this. I'll drink this instead. And it's like, I gave him that benefit of the doubt to try mm-hmm. um, what he thought he could do. And because I gave him those chances, it, it, that last time was easy because I knew that I gave it my all. It's just like, I can't, I can't live like this anymore. And if he's not going to deal with that issue, then it's never going to go away. Mm-hmm. How did your life improve after that relationship ended? Significantly. <laughs> I mean, I moved to Vegas and I started a business and I have another business. And it, But I feel like we have to go through these experiences. Yes for a future purpose. Mm -hmm. Like had I not had that relationship, like that relationship really was one of two things that inspired me to focus on mental health and addiction. My, my brother-in-law was the other one. He overdosed from drugs and passed away. So those two relationships were kind of the foundation for my coaching Like I needed to experience those things to help me help other people through the things that they're going through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What would you, the reason I'm going to ask this is because uh, my brother died of a drug overdose and, you know, it changed me in actually good ways, you know, as you kind of just like what you just said, it made me in more into the person that I am today. And I know there's a lot of people that don't completely understand that, like mm-hmm. to use these negative, these tragic, these, these trauma events in our lives mm-hmm. to grow is such a foreign concept still to a lot of people. And it is hard to explain. Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, I'll attempt to. Yeah, <laughs> so, I was gonna say it's a hard one because and a lot of people still won't believe us. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. So when we're born, we, we are born a clean slate. So that means we're born for our highest self, our highest purpose. Then things happen. We get imprinted, influenced into our attitude, our beliefs, our behaviors, our programming by the people we're around. Our parents could be siblings, uh, church leaders could be teachers. You know, those people that are most influential in our lives before the age of seven create 
us as an adult. So we're born, we have this highest power ability. We, we then get imprinted with these beliefs. And if we have time, I can back up and, and talk about my own experience in that. The purpose for, for these events is for our greatest power, our greatest self, our greatest purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like me, I needed, I needed to go through those things to make me my best self to help others. Yeah. So you say, why me? Why, why this experience? Why insert blank? Mm-hmm. It's as hard as it is, there's something bigger for you. And once you discover what that is for you, you'll know why that happened. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I do want you to back up and tell me more than about your experience. Okay. Yes. Since you offered it up, I want to know. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. So in kindergarten, I was diagnosed with a learning dis- disability. So doctor or school counselor or whoever tells you you have this learning disability. So I take that label, slap it on my back and accept it because I'm five years old and that's what the doctor says. So now I have this, that I have this learning disability. So I create a belief, a limiting belief that I'm not as smart as everybody else because I have this learning disability, which then funnels into probably every area of my life. But specifically, I'll point out a few. So then it funnels into reading. When I'm silently reading in grade school, um, you know, silently read this page and I can't retain what I'm reading. I need to go home and read it out loud so that I can hear myself say the words and process it to retain it. I must read like this because I have this learning disability and I'm not as smart as everybody else. I don't see anybody else having to read out loud. So I'm just not going to read because I don't want to be even more different than I already am. Mm -hmm. So then it funnels into writing. Well, how can I be a good writer if I don't read I'm not as smart as everyone else, and I have this learning disability. Yeah. So I struggled with writing. I would write reports in school, and I would never hit the minimum requirement. I'd stretch and pull every kind of word I could think of to put in there, and I still never met the requirement. Even in my graphic design business, I struggled with, you know, what do I say in a post on social media? What, you know, I struggled with coming up with the words because I had this belief that, like, well, not a good writer because I don't read and so I don't know what to say. So fast forward, 27 years have this belief and I'm sure it's funneled into many other areas of my life. Mm -hmm. I start my NLP journey, discover that I never had this learning disability and I discover how I process information, how I communicate, how I learn. Things just weren't being explained to me in a way that I understood. So I just felt lost. I felt confused. I learned this I take off that label. I throw it in the trash. I don't have a learning disability. I'm getting rid of that. I release that label, which then just automatically releases the belief of not liking to read and being a good reader. I read out loud or I listen to audios and I read almost every day now. Releases the belief of not being a good writer. I just published my first co-authored book in January, and I went over the maximum requirement of words. 
So I share this to say that we have these beliefs that or labels that we give ourselves or that other people give us. Yeah. And once you discover what yours is and how it's holding you back and you release it, how much more possibilities open up for yourself? Mm, yeah. Love that. It's so true. So yeah. true. Yeah. And that ties into all the things that we go through in our lives do make up who we are, good or bad. Mm-hmm. We get to make the choice though. Does it help us be better? Yeah. Right? And it sounds like you have chosen to let all of your history and the traumas and the struggles that you went through make you better. And listening to your intuition was key to, to starting this new career just in what November of 2019? Uh, I started in January, 2020. So yeah, I had the realization in October, 2019, gave Mm -hmm. her that three months, which then was January, 2020. Okay. Wow. All right. So now you've started a new business and Mm -hmm. you're in a healthy relationship with a four-year-old daughter. Yep. How has that changed you? Actually, I want to back up. How did that change you then? Significantly. So I 100% believe in energy and what you put out, you get back. And because I had that awareness of, wow, I'm just waiting for this rock bottom to come. And I had that discovery at the same time that this was my purpose, that, that this is what I'm aligned with doing. And I made that that transition very easily. And once I gave up that energy of that design business that I was just living Mm -hmm. through the motions of, I got my first client within two weeks of starting my new business. It just goes to show that releasing that energy opened the door for for the right energy. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a year of growth within myself. So Mm -hmm. my coach, my mentor says, if you're not well, you can't sell. I chose to really focus on my own personal growth even more outside of this training Mm -hmm. to be the best version of myself so that I could show up even better for the clients that I serve. It was a year of doing a lot of things I was uncomfortable with doing, a lot of things that I have never done before it was a really good year. You know, I hired my first life coach. I hired, you know, a branding expert to help me launch my business. I started a YouTube channel in, you know, January, 2020, you wouldn't catch me on a video. And I wrote a book. I, you know, I've done so many things that I had never done. The growth within myself over the year was transformational. That's amazing. And all in the midst of this global pandemic and chaos around us, around you. That's yeah. amazing to hear. You, you got to just focus on what you can control. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's buying things because they don't have a lot of money. They're scared. They've just lost their job. They don't know how they're going to pay their mortgage. All that thing, all that stuff is true and it's really going on, mm-hmm. but I'm not focusing on other people and, and trying to get their money right now. I'm focusing on me right now and, and still building that awareness. So when the time comes, comes, I'm there. They've seen me. They know what I'm doing. And if you take away something, focus on what you can control and release those things that you can't control. You can't control pandemic. You can't control, you know, people being afraid to spend money. Those are things that are going to happen and you can't control it. So Mm -hmm. focus on what you can control. 
and you have amazing results. Like you did. Yeah. Definitely. That's yeah. awesome. How were things with your family though during this last year? Were there any big challenges, the shutdowns and just changed uh, life? Not too much. Um, my boyfriend, he, um, he works at Infinity, the car dealership, mm-hmm. and he did get furloughed for, I think, like two months back in March when they completely shut down. But it didn't really affect us too much. I work from home already, mm-hmm. so I was able to continue working. And he just collected unemployment for those two months, which, you know, we got by. Mm-hmm. And then they called him back. Nice. And so we, we kind of got lucky in that. And just working from home, we just stayed home you know, so nice, nice. Are, do you consider yourself more of an, an introvert or an extrovert? Definitely introvert. Okay. So I'm assuming like myself and many other introverts, it wasn't as challenging for you as it was your extroverted friends. Yes. Right. <laughs> this last year was such a blessing to be more of an introvert. Yeah. It was easier on us. I, yeah. I did feel really, I felt a lot of compassion towards my extroverted friends and family for sure. Yeah. Um, But wow, what an amazing year you've had. So congratulations, first of all. And then also congratulations. I didn't know you just, so this January, you just published the book? Yep. Yep. Nice. Okay. So I see it sitting behind you and I wanted to ask you more about that. Is it successful women's mindset? It is. So it's called Successful Women's Mindset. It's a co-authored book. So it's 21 Women, 21 Stories to Success. And my chapter is called Journey to Your Value Within. I wrote it to, one, share my story of Mm -hmm. how I go from graphic design to personal growth coaching. Mm -hmm. And two, I wanted to share my personal experiences to help you identify how your personal experiences may have created a belief or label within you that is limiting you. So I share about having the learning disability. Mm -hmm. I share about um, being born into the Catholic religion and at the age of 10, realizing that that something's off about it and that I'm not really truly aligned with that. Um, So I believe in God and I'm very spiritual but it's just something was not right with the Catholic religion. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to share that because we were born into our religion. And I want people to know that it doesn't matter what label or what belief that you are given or take on to, to receive, you can release it. It's really following that intuition and knowing how does a 10 year old know that something's off about this religion? I don't know, but I had this feeling. So I guess you're right. You know, I maybe (laughs) now that I'm thinking back, you point that out. How does a 10 year old know I followed my intuition and I knew something was off about it. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I want to search for something I'm more aligned with. And that's what I did. Yeah. I wonder why some of us are more introspective at a younger age. Do you know the answer to that? Is that just back to that in the womb programming you spoke of? Yeah, it is back to that. So like I was saying, we're all born a clean slate. We're Mm -hmm. all born with that intuition. And then those factors come into play where our beliefs are formed, our attitudes are formed, our perceptions are formed. Yeah. So things come into play and you, you stop ignoring that intuition. Everybody has it. It's how much are you listening to it? Mm hmm. Yeah, definitely. And it's something that everybody can tap back into even if you've even if you've lost that connection. Yes. So one of the uh, quotes 
or your philosophy that you mentioned. You gave me several, so I appreciate that. And I'll leave some in the show notes. So if you're so if you're wanting to know more, definitely check out the show notes. The one that I loved the most was choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. Yes. Sounds like you've you've kind of lived this. You're living this now. Do you want to elaborate any more on? Yeah. So this, this quote is from uh, my NLP trainer. Mm. And she, she says this all the time. And what that means is that anything and everything is a choice. If you choose not to make a choice on something, that in itself is a choice. Yes. So we have all of these choices around us and it's our choice. That's the power we have in being us is that we have that power to choose what we want Mm -hmm. and what we don't want. And staying stuck, I'll use, or staying in your comfort zone, people get so attached to their comfort zone. I explain it like we have this bubble around us, which is our comfort zone. And no matter how bad it is in this comfort zone, it could be, you know, that four-year relationship with that alcoholic who Mm -hmm. is mentally and emotionally abusive towards me. I stayed in it because it was comfortable. Mm -hmm. It's what I knew. I was okay with that because and I'm saying this to, to kind of go back to, to what you were saying, how people just stay. Mm-hmm. It's because of this. Because outside of their bubble, over here, they don't know what it is. It's uncomfortable. It's scary. It's fear over there. We don't, we don't yeah. know what's over there. So no matter how bad it is in the bubble, we're going to stay because at least we know what it is. Yes. Yeah. And this is probably one of the reasons why people stay with their own addictions and their own mental health issues without seeking help, because in a way that's more comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be like blowing up everything around you, but it's yeah. what you know. You've developed coping mechanisms that you know seem to work in the moment, mm-hmm. even though they're not healthy. Yeah. And, but you just stay with it. Yes. You got it. Yeah. Right on wow. the Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that was, yeah, that was a great, a great way to end this. But if there, is there anything else that you would like to add? Yeah. I'll close with, remember to focus on what it is that you want, as opposed to what it is that you don't want. So what that means is that we always focus on the negative. I don't want to have a, a failed business. I don't want my marriage to fail. These are things that you don't want. And it goes back to that energy. What you put out there is what you get back. So if you don't want these things to happen, these things are going to be created because that's what you're focusing on. But if you flip it around and focus on what you do want, I want a successful business. I want a successful marriage. Then you're focusing on the things that you do want and the things that you do want will happen. All right. And you're living it. Awesome. Thank you, Rachel, so much. Again, it was such a pleasure to get to actually speak to you. I've seen your picture a lot, but seeing you talking to you has been such a joy. And next time I'm in Vegas, I'll have to look you up. Yes, for sure. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.
I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Our stories may be different, but we all have one thing in common. We're all trying to figure out how to navigate life on this planet, and none of us have it completely figured out. No matter what you're going through in your life, just know that you are never really alone. Come back every Wednesday for more inspiration and connection, and follow me on Instagram at thedragonflymama.com so we can stay in touch between episodes. Take care. Thank you.